What's going on, everybody? We're back at it again for another week. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by my good buddy, Mr. Peter Strauss. What's going on, man? I'm doing good. It was my birthday weekend this weekend, so I had a Hey-o! lot of fun. Happy I'm belated a- birthday, buddy. I'm a whole 28 years old. Uh, I'm already starting to fall apart. Hey, uh, hey, you look every bit of it. <laughs> oh shucks. <laughs> uh, no, but it was it was a good time. Did not get to watch a ton of football, but did did my research, watch some highlights, and boy, do we have some stuff to talk about. Yeah, that is that is for sure. I mean, lucky for you, you know your your team gave you a nice little birthday gift, got a nice win. Breakers. I mean, they were playing the worst team in the league by far. So, I mean, I guess it's a gift. Kind of saw it coming, I guess. I saw the score at one point and saw it was only 10 to 0. And I was like, geez, the Breakers are making this close. <laughs> yeah, they're giving, giving Pittsburgh a little too much hope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was basically a bye week. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, more or less. I mean, yeah, I mean, the week was pretty much what we expected. I mean, I would say the Gamblers and Generals game, we didn't necessarily see coming, but the other ones, I mean, they were all pretty pretty easy to predict what would happen. You say that, but this is the third time that the Gamblers have lost by one point. I'm, listen, I'm well, I'm well aware. Of their games. That's why I, <laughs> I said, I said we didn't necessarily see... The Gamblers and Generals game happening that way, but the other ones were they were they were pretty spot on. They, I mean, not, nothing nothing too surprising. And I would say, really, like there's four weeks left, and I'm kind of at a point of like, why are we even playing the other four weeks? Like, we know who the best four teams in the league are, you know. There, for some people, there might still be a question mark in the South as far as that second spot because. Uh, I don't have him on the list, but an honorable mention this week, I think, does go to Tiamu. He played a hell of a game. He definitely uh, this did. This week, and we'll talk about it more when we get to to that game, I'm sure. But he, I considered him, even though he lost, because he, unlike Shea Patterson, has become kind of the guy that we were all expecting him to be at the start of the season over the last few weeks, so... I mean, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, he kind of definitely looks like it at times, but then at other times he goes out there and lays a stinker. So it's a little bit of the same thing that you get. I would say he's he's been similar to what we've gotten from Clayton Thorson with the Houston Gamblers. There just wasn't the, uh, the star aroma around him that, you know, Jordan Te'amu possessed going into the league. Thorson was kind of a toss-up last, like, okay, well, maybe this guy will be good. And it's kind of been, like, he's been good at times and been terrible at other times. And Town has been the exact same way. Yeah, this was definitely his best performance so far. For sure, for sure. By far, he had a hell of a game. Uh, Second quarterback now, I think, to hit 300 yards in a game. Uh, 333 yards for 67.5%. Completion percentage, four touchdowns and only one pick. Four yeah. touchdown passes in that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he he had a good game. The 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 gamblers, uh I mean not the gamblers, the stars gave him every chance to win that game and uh <laughs> couldn't get it done, which you know, since we're talking about it, I'll just go ahead and jump into my best of the booth, which is from that game, and it's got to absolutely go to Matt Colburn, the running back for the Philadelphia Stars. Finally, Philadelphia has shown a rushing attack. Uh, Three weeks ago, I discussed the lack of a run game for this Stars offense when they amassed a total 31 yards on the ground. And this week was completely different. Uh... With their lead running back, Paul Terry, sidelined for week six, uh, Matt Colburn stepped in and stepped up huge. He had 18 carries for 140 yards and three 
touchdowns. That's 7.8 yards per attempt. If you got somebody out there that's rushing for almost 8 yards every single time you hand them the ball, uh, I'd be handing them the ball every single play because that's amazing. Now, while Philly's defense is less than stellar and couldn't stop Taylor at all like we just discussed, Colburn was absolutely a key factor in keeping the Stars alive. He was really the one thing that was absolutely working for Philadelphia. Cookus did not look great. He wasn't bad. He made plays when he had to, but he was not uh, necessarily the Cookus that he's shown at times over the last couple weeks while he's been uh, the, the guy at quarterback. And I think that if Philly... Philly's defense, and especially their, their rush defense, is still a major problem for that team. But I think that this game from Colburn, if he steps in as the lead back, and I think that you kind of almost have to give him that job after a week like this, uh, I think that this is a team that really, as I've been saying for, for a few weeks now, can really make a run at, at, at the championship. I think they, they could give New Jersey a little bit of difficulty um, in that in that North Championship game, and then you know if they match up with Birmingham, maybe maybe they can get it done. Who knows? Yeah, where the hell? Pardon my language, but where the hell did this guy come from? I'm looking at the stats, and I'm like, oh, the Stars managed to pull it out. You know, we I think we both we both picked the Bandits last week. Didn't and I, was like, oh, I the feel stars. like I picked the stars. I feel like I picked the stars. I think you're going back on your word. I think you, we, because uh, I'm sure you picked the bandits because you were like sad about it. All right, maybe I did. Maybe I did. <laughs> maybe I did. But in my heart, I wanted to choose the stars. Yeah, I, my heart knew what what was best. But but I saw the score. And I was like, okay, like you, we know Cookus is good. Cookus must have had, you know, a heck of a game or whatever. And I look at the stats. This guy just comes in with 140 yards, uh, three touchdowns. And it's not uh his longest was 44, which is still like you're not getting inflated by getting an 80, 90 yard run. No, that's still like, that's still 96 yards on 17 carries, which is still pretty dang good. Like that's yeah. still I I think that's still over five yards to carry. I want to say that's yeah. I mean, it's definitely over five yards. Right. <laughs> Try to do quick math. This is not a math podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not a math podcast. But yeah, I just looked and like that. Really, all of the rushers were on point. Even the other guys didn't get a lot of chances to carry the ball, but still, right. uh, Holland was uh, seven attempts, thirty nine yards, averaged five point six. Cookus. Uh, four attempts, 18 yards, uh, a 4.5 average. So I don't know if the O-line figured something out or if they just decided they were going to be good at running the ball now. But uh, they have a rushing game now, and if they can keep that momentum going, I think you're right. They could make a real run in this uh, in these playoff and these championship I mean, it's, games. It's possible that Tampa just game-planned to stop the pass and figured that with what Philly has shown on the ground, that wasn't going to be an issue. And if that's the case, I feel like uh, Bart Andrews outsmarted them. Yeah. Anything is possible there. Uh, yeah, for sure. My best of the booth, which is a quarterback, which is a quarterback that led his team to victory almost quite literally on the last drive. And it's a little bit of a shocker for me to pick this man, but I'm going with Luis Perez. Um, if you guys have been listening before, I've been on the... I haven't been as much on the dual quarterback train as I've been on Luis Perez is keeping DeAndre Johnson ready to go. I am on the full DeAndre Johnson train. He might be my favorite quarterback to watch in yep. the league right now. But man, this close game against the gamblers. Luis Perez took the helm, it seems, this week. Whereas last week, DeAndre Johnson took the helm. But DeAndre Johnson only got four pass attempts. I believe Johnson got injured early on. Something happened. He tweaked his leg somehow, um, running out of bounds. So I think, I think that's why Perez took over. 
Well, then it's an even cooler story because Perez <laughs> Perez last week seemed like his job was finished. And especially the little bit DeAndre Johnson did get to play. He was perfect so far. He had completed four passes, uh, four for four, 100% for 52 yards. And the one run, I guess, that he got hurt on, he got four yards on that. So, But Perez comes in, goes 18 for 24. 75%, uh, 159 yards, and one passing touchdown. Which is like, we've talked about how they're the most efficient offense in the league. So those are the kind of numbers I expect Luis Perez to put up. But specifically, the last drive, watching that, going back and watching that, some of the best football we've seen in the league so far. Uh, 80 yards, 15 plays. Perez was responsible for 25 of those passing. They also ran a Philly special where Luis Perez caught a 14-yard pass uh, to get his team a first down. And to top it off, when Victor couldn't get it in the end zone, Luis Perez takes the QB sneak, scores the final touchdown, and gives his team a one-point lead to get the win. And they are now on a five-game win streak, sitting super comfortable at the top of the North. Yep. And Luis Perez was a huge part of that. And part of me giving best of the booth to him is just like, you know, like I said, I've been more on the DeAndre Johnson train. And I think this week, more than any, Luis Perez proved that he also deserves to be there and also deserves to be a leader of this team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Perez is a worthy candidate. Um, another guy that I I very nearly put best of the booth from this game was Kevontae Turpin, and like this guy has been heating up over the last couple weeks and has shown that he's one of the best offensive playmakers in the game. Can line up very much very similar to a Debo Samuel. Can line up in the backfield, make plays uh, out of the backfield, make plays, line up as a wide receiver. I mean, he's been fantastic for them. Um, early on was the primary return guy for kick returns, punt returns, um, and that he's shifted out of that role now because typically you don't want your best wide receiver back there because of injuries and whatnot. Um, but Turpin, you know, 10 catches for 106 yards, two touchdowns, a fantastic day for him. And that was all due to his quarterback play, Luis Perez. Um, so absolutely, you know, worthy of, of a mention there for sure. Um, yeah, I, this this Generals team looks nearly as unstoppable as the Birmingham Stallions. I mean, very clearly the two best teams in the league. There's no doubt about it. Um, I am hopeful that we get to see these two guys in, in the championship game, these two teams in the yeah. championship game, because like that first, the very first USFL game, Generals... Uh, General Stallions, amazing game to start off the season. And if we can end the season with a similar game, it'd be fantastic. And these two teams are absolutely worthy of being there because of the guys on them that are making plays week in, week out, such as Luis Perez, DeAndre Johnson, Kevontae Turpin, all of these guys. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Worthy of, of best of the booth for sure. Yeah, and... Turpin specifically, too, he's getting great chemistry with both quarterbacks. He caught both the touchdown passes. Each quarterback threw one, and he caught both of them and only missed one pass. He was 10 for 11 for those 106 yards. So, yeah, Turpin yeah. is definitely heating up, definitely. And I think we mentioned his name last week, saying that, like, he was a contender for Offensive Player of the Year, and I think he's yep. starting to, to I mean, I, if, if, he, keeps, to if he keeps playing like this, he will be – Offensive Player of the Year at the end of the season for me, I think. I mean, because you know, again, 106 yards through the air, receiving yards, and then he added another 28 on the ground out of the backfield, which was good for 9.3 yards per attempt, which is, you know, amazing. That's wild. Um, yeah, and your best of the booth actually leads well into my under review, because my under review is on the other side of the field uh, for this game. And it's the entire Houston Gamblers team. And I guess maybe more importantly, and more specifically, Kevin Sumlin. 
their head coach. Somehow, after winning in week one, this team did win a game. You know, I know it feels like forever ago, but they did win a game. But since then, they've lost five in a row. And this is this was the stat that was crazy to me. They've lost those five games by a combined total of 15 points. A combined total of 15 points for five losses. Every single game has been a one-possession game, and three of them have been one-point losses, including their last two. This is ridiculous. This team cannot close a game, and it, that ultimately has to fall on the head coach. Despite solid stats by stars on both sides of the ball this week, Clayton Thorson went 15 of 19 for 171 yards, three touchdowns, and only one pick. Chris Odom, on the other side of the field, had two and a half sacks, two tackles for a loss, two forced fumbles. The dude was making plays all over the field. Offense did good. Defense did good. They couldn't find a way to get it done. Now, part of that falls on their kicker, who decided, which, which going into this week was one of the better kickers in the league. I believe he was, um, I believe he was like 10 of 13 kicking or 11 of 13 kicking, and he missed a field goal this week, and he missed an extra point. And he was, oh, I know he was over 75% on the season on both of those. And he decided to miss one of each this year, leaving four points out on the field. If they'd scored those four points, guess what? They would have won by three, but they did not. Because this team can't win a game. They're allergic to winning. And that is absolutely the fault of their head coach. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I just I can't believe how they continue to do this. I, I mean the only the only answer that I have is that somehow Kevin Sumlin has caused this by being a mediocre head coach cuz this team is if i had to if i had to they are better than 1 and 5 they're at 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 least a 3 and 3 type team at 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 worst in my opinion when you look at the talent they have on both sides of the ball the talent that they have at at kicker i mean he is not a bad kicker he had a bad week this week but he's not a bad kicker and every single week, it's something that happens that is unexplainable, and I don't, I don't understand it. But the entire team is under review because it's gone on for too long, and you got four weeks to turn things around. And maybe, maybe if you can win all four of those games, maybe you sneak into the playoffs, but probably not. And you don't deserve it because you're a sorry freaking team. Have we ever put an entire team under review before? No, but I'm doing it now. And what's okay. crazy? What's crazy is that they're one in five, which is the same record for the Michigan Panthers and the Pittsburgh Maulers. And talent-wise, they are miles ahead of those two teams. Miles right. ahead of those two teams. In fact, both of us listed them higher than those two teams in our power rankings. But I'm putting the whole dang team under review. It's they're literally they're one, and we said this last week. They're one mistake or one play. Away from winning every game, game. every game. How, how, how do you not have all 11 guys stuffing that box on the final play of the game to stop Luis Perez? Everybody knew what was coming, every single person on that team knew, knew what was happening. How do you not stop that? Uh, they, I mean, defense, they played well, they made some. Was it Payne or was it Odom? Somebody blocked a field goal. From the generals. Yeah. yeah. Started to run it back. And it was like, this is this is the play that the gamblers need to get ahead. Like, this is, you're talking about one more play. A blocked field goal is it. And the dude dropped it. And the generals picked it back up. And sure, they lost like 20 or 30 yards. But they got a whole new set of downs. And I think they at least got a field goal off that, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. So their one play that was like, this is how we get ahead, turns into points for the Generals. There was that. There was the two missed kicks. Uh, they couldn't get a run game going. Uh, 
Thorsten, as well as he played, did have the one pick. It's just like each of these guys are making one mistake that's costing them the game. Three games by one point. Yeah, and 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 Three this is this is back to back weeks that uh, you know Mark Thompson has been non-existent in their run game. Um, actually, I take that back. Two out of the last three weeks. Last week, he he did all right. 17 attempts for 80 yards against uh, Pittsburgh. But the week before that, against the Breakers, non-existent in the run game, non-existent against New- the New Jersey Generals. And-, and this is a guy that we listed as as the best running back in the league, possibly. And two out of three weeks has been a no-show. So, I, I mean... Part of it is all of the pieces for them haven't been clicking at the same time. You'll have a you know an outstanding game for Mark Thompson, and they lose because of you know whatever other mishap on the defensive side. You'll have a great defensive showing, and Clayton Thorson can't get it together uh, you know at quarterback. And so that's part of it is every single piece hasn't clicked at the same time. But good lord, if every single piece could be clicking at the same time, this is a ten and zero team. Like, like, yeah, like, honestly, like, this is potentially a 10-0 type team if every single piece for them can click at the same time, which I get that, like, that does not happen for football teams most of the time. Like, it's very rare that you have a team that is clicking on all cylinders. It does not happen. But, I mean, can you click on a few, on a few cylinders at the same time? Yeah, literally none of them. They're all just, like, <laughs> almost there, and then just... And I do think I wasn't expecting you to say the whole team that made me laugh. I do think a lot of that falls on someone. And I'll do my under review first, and then I kind of have a legitimate counterfeit about right. that. Sounds good. Um, but my under review, and I was thinking about doing a group, but I think at this point, this group we just expect to fail. But one person on this team failed so badly. And is the guy that, like, has been a mistake since the start of the season. Since episode one, (laughs) Devin, this guy has been a mistake. And I am talking about Garrett Groshek of those dang Pittsburgh Maulers. Yeah, that's Uh, fair. Garrett Groshek is the guy that replaced the guy who got fired for eating pizza. Groshek is the number one running back for the Pittsburgh Maulers who are built to be a running defense. This man had 14 attempts, the most on his team today, or this week. Uh, Do you want to guess how many yards he got with 14 attempts, Devin? I would hope that he would get somewhere in the... 40 range, which would be about three yards a carry. Well, divide that by four and then subtract three more because he got seven. (laughs) Seven whole yards. Half a yard per carry. Garrett Groshek running back one for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Why, Why do they even keep giving the ball to him at that point? I don't know. And like London was playing fine. London was doing way better. London and that's I think part of the reason why I didn't put the whole crew. I mean London London should be the lead back there anyways in my opinion. He's a better back. London was 50 yards on 10 attempts. He was at 5 yards a carry. Yep. Like London was doing fine. Yeah. And they just kept giving the ball to Groshek and maybe I should blame Kirby Wilson. And this kind of goes back to what I said two weeks ago. Do I blame the coach for relying on a guy that's bad, or do I blame the guy that's bad? And at this point, half a yard of carry, I'm blaming that guy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, part of it is, though, also, you know, Kirby Wilson deciding to give it to him 14 times in the game. Yeah, on a team where you still don't have a great quarterback, like, yeah. Lee is playing better than uh, Lawletta ever did. Oh, Lee's, still, Lee's their best quarterback this year by far. But he's, still, he's definitely, yeah. But still only threw 17 for 33, 51.5% on 
198 yards, one touchdown, two picks. QBR of 54.9. Yeesh. So still not great. (laughs) So you want your lead running back to rush for more than half yard carry. And you know what's funny? Looking at this at his stat line, it shows their longest carry. And his longest carry was seven yards. <laughs> so you could argue that on 13 of 13 of 14 attempts, he averaged zero yards. Oh, As man. The lead running back for the Pittsburgh Ballers. That's rough. That's what you get for replacing the guy who got fired for eating pizza. <laughs> that is that is some karma right there. Yeah. I mean Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's another team that is very similar to Houston in the sense that they have not been able to get everything clicking at the same time. But, There's nothing but, to click. I, that's what I, that's what I was gonna get to. Like, even if they had everything clicking at the same time, like this is still like a three win team, maybe four win team. Like, it's not good. You're not having a good season. You don't have good guys. They just don't. Like, I, they have they have one like decent wide receiver. They have Madre London, Madre London, who is a solid running back. But they don't have an offensive line to help block for him. They don't have a quarterback. They have maybe half a defense. I mean, like, it's not it's not good. Oh, yeah. For comparison, I think the Gamblers are like the Lions last year, where, like, there was the talent to win games. They just couldn't win games. Yeah. Right. And, and, when- and they, kept, they kept inventing new ways to lose games. Whereas the uh, the Maulers were like, I'm gonna say the Jags. That's a where fair. you yeah. have a bad coach, you have um, a okay quarterback who's not really tested, right. and you have a a star running back that you won't let play because of some god awful reason. Yeah, yeah, it's like. It's like it's like you can see like little flashes of talent across the team in different positions, but like even if everybody was playing at their best, it's still not a good team. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a good comparison. I still want to blame Kirby Wilson. We're still gonna blame Kevin Sumlin for the yeah. gamblers' woes. Yeah. Jeff Fisher has been doing Jeff Fisher thing all season. I mean, Jeff Fisher. This is what we expected. I mean, I guess so, we. I guess it's not what we expected because we both said Michigan <laughs> was one of the better teams in the North. But I mean, you know, Jeff Fisher's a, a coin toss. So yeah. it's a, you know, we we both said tails, and he flipped up heads. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> so I got a legitimate counterfeit. All right, and I was I was thinking about it because um, during the NFL season. We get this fun time, like halfway or so through the year, where they realize that, like, oh, we don't have a good coach. We should get rid of him. Even if we can't hire a new coach, maybe the coordinator is good enough to at least win us another game or two. Right, right. And I know, like, they didn't choose to necessarily fire Gruden, but, like, the guy, uh, what's his name for the Raider, Fisaccio, led the yeah. Raiders to the playoffs as an interim. Uh, coach right um and that kind of thing so these one in five teams uh let me look at the standings i think they all technically still have a chance to make the playoffs technically Uh, somehow yeah panthers and maulers are only two games back of the stars uh the gamblers are three games back of the breakers yeah which that's a little tougher but there's four games left to play. Legit or counterfeit? Should they fire the bad coaches? Or is it too late? I don't uh, know the best way to ask that, but that's 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 my question to you, sir. Should 
legit or counterfeit, I should get the satisfaction of seeing Kirby Wilson fired. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what this boils down to. Uh, I mean, we've been on the fire Kirby Wilson train for like, I don't know, was it? it's week six, week seven? We're going into week seven. We've been yeah. on it since like week one. So, I mean, I will say legit to firing Kirby Wilson. I I don't think this guy has the goods at all. The other two, see, going into the season, I really liked Kevin Sumlin, and I part of me still does. I don't like what he's done. I think that. Someone else could possibly get a better result. Um, and Jeff Fisher is Jeff Fisher. Like, you know, you know this guy is going to be, like, he's going to be mediocre. And sometimes that mediocrity gets you into the playoffs. And other times it doesn't. And so this is one of those years where it doesn't. And maybe next season will be different if he sticks around as the head coach of, of the Panthers. But I don't necessarily... Like, to me, the Panthers and the Gamblers have both shown way more life as a team than the Maulers, at least through six weeks. So if I was to fire any of them, it would be Kirby Wilson. So I will say legit to that. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying in general, like, would it be worth it now to fight, like, because Jeff Fisher has made bad decisions. I talked about it a couple weeks ago that he didn't use a timeout, decided to let the clock, clock run and rely on a kicker that's only made right. one kick through four weeks. Right. Uh, In my opinion, it's it's not worth it at this point. Like, there's so many things have to change and go right for those teams to even sniff the playoffs that, like, it's not going to do you any good. Whereas, like, I, I still believe that, so, like, I still believe that Kevin Sumlin can build a winning program for Houston, which if that means letting him coach out the rest of the season and lead that team into next season, then so be it. Whereas Kirby Wilson, I don't think can do, like, I don't think he can do that. I don't think that's, I don't think he's capable of that. I think he showed that in week one when he fired a guy over a dang pizza slice. So, yeah. I, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, it. He can go, as far as I'm concerned. Jeff Fisher, I guess you could fire him, but I don't. I don't think it's going to do you any good this far into the season. Yeah, that's the tough part about the short season. It's like by the time you're like at the point where it's like, okay, we know if this person's good or bad. It's already like, well, it's not much you can do about it now, right? I Especially mean, I, with how much the generals and the stallions have just run away with the season. I will say that like it, it would make more sense for the Panthers and Maulers because of the fact they're only two games back with four games to go. I mean, the Gamblers, they're holding on. Their season is holding on with like a piece of twine and a prayer at this point. <laughs> like it's like we're on our knees every we every morning saying our prayers to to God up above. Like, please, please let us, you know, somehow make some plays, and then some other teams not like they don't have a they don't have a chance. The three games back, I think, three games yeah, back three of the games. South. Yeah, I mean, yeah. three games with four to go is ridiculous. Like, like you're not gonna you're not gonna make that up with with a coaching change. So, yeah, I'll say. I'll say counterfeit too. As much as I want Kirby Wilson to get fired, it's there's just not enough time in the season for us to have a fun, uh, <laughs> a fun firing party. That's what the off season's for. Let him go over to the XFL and see if he can coach in the XFL. Uh, spoiler alert: <laughs> he probably can't, but you know, maybe who knows? The XFL is too extreme. They eat pizza there. <laughs> well, let him come down to Atlanta and coach in the FCF then. <laughs> the old fan, the old fan control football league. Oh jeez. The old fan control football league where where he will have no control. Let's do that. That's <laughs> perfect. Uh, do fans well, get to vote on what the players eat for lunch? Because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, our power rankings are, I think, identical this week. And, uh, I mean, listen, by this point, like I said, early on in the season, or early on in the show, we know who the four best teams in the league are. The two best teams are in a whole class of their own. Um, and we know who the three worst teams are, but we'll just run through them. I think we both have the exact same list. So at number one, Birmingham Stallions, nothing new there. Uh, number two, New Jersey Generals, again, nothing new there. This, these are the two best teams in the league by a mile. Um, I think that... think that the stars have a shot have more of a shot at taking out the generals in the north than the breakers of bandits do against the stallions i think the stallions are just too good but you know i i would i'd be here for the breakers taking out the stallions i'd be down for that i like i like new orleans um that's who we both have at number three for a good reason they're clearly the third best um, after this, the next two, you, you, you know, there's arguments that can be made, but we have the stars at four bandits at five. I think you could, you could flip flop those and I would probably would still be okay with that. Um, to me, the stars are just a little bit better because I can't put any faith in the bandits, which I think you've said the same thing. Yeah. And the stars also won their head to head matchup this week. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at six, we got the the best one in five team by far, the Houston Gamblers, who continue to lose games in unbelievable fashion. Uh, seven Michigan Panthers, and you got a whole heaping pile of crap before you get down to the Pittsburgh Maulers at eight. Uh, it is uh, it is rough times in Pittsburgh. Yeah, the only thing that changed on mine, because like we have the same order this week, I flip-flopped the Gamblers and the Panthers back. I had had the Gamblers at 7 last week, because I think their loss was just more... Because they lost to the Maulers, and they deserve to right. lose a place for losing to the Maulers. That um, is absolutely warranted. But they bounced back, and they, again, one point away from beating the second-best team in the league whereas the Panthers couldn't even really put up a fight against the Stallions. So just yeah. flip-flop them back to 6-7. and seven. Everything yeah. else is the same for me. Yeah, and I mean, it's the Gamblers and the Panthers are kind of like the Stars and Bandits. I think you could make an argument for either one being better than the other. Um, I just think that, as we've mentioned, the Gamblers have so much talent and should be so much better than one in five, but they can't put it together for whatever reason. But I say we move on to week seven, put week six in the rear view. We got four weeks left. Move on to week seven and let's get a little picky with it, man. Na 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 getting picky with it. Na 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 getting picky with it. <laughs> oh, starting us off on Saturday, we have the five and one New Jersey Generals taking on the three and three Tampa Bay Bandits. Tampa needs to start getting some wins. They currently only sit a game behind New Orleans uh, for that second playoff spot in the South. Uh, if the Generals win this. I believe they are uh, guaranteed a playoff spot. Uh, so, you know, a little bit on the line for them. Currently, New Jersey are four-point favorites. That's probably a little closer than I think it will be. Um, but it could be a good game. Banish did just have a really good showing against the Stars uh, and, and just kind of let it slip away. You know, on the back of Matt Colburn running up the middle against them. Uh, but who do you got, man? I, this was one of the harder games to pick. There's two games that were tough, and I think this is the harder one. Because the Bandits have shown a little bit more that, like, Tommy's been playing good. Like, they've been playing good offense and good defense. And it's like, I think they could win. I think it is possible. 
Yeah. But on the other end, it seems like they pick to either defend against the pass or the run. And if DeAndre Johnson is healthy, then they can do both. I mean, they still can, even without DeAndre Johnson. But it's much more confusing when they have him. Yeah. Uh, but Luis Perez like, is still efficient enough to get the pass game going. Uh, Trey Williams and uh, Darius Victor are both incredible running backs that can do what Colburn did this week. So I had written down bandits, but I am going to change my mind and I'm going to pick the generals to take this one. Yeah. I mean, this one was easy for me. I mean, I also have, uh, the New Jersey generals. I think they're the better team. Um, I just, I have no faith in the bandits. I know the bandits have won three games are somehow sitting at three and three, but they don't look like a three and three team to me. Um, they're too up and down, a little too flaky. There's not enough consistency there. Um, and I think that's a little bit indicative of Todd Haley as their head coach. I've never been a Todd Haley fan. Um, but, you know, it's, it, they're not bad. They're just not good either. Like, that's kind of how I feel about them. Uh, and I think New Jersey is one of the best teams in the league. And they're better in every category against Tampa. Um Tampa is allowing 127.8 rushing yards a game, which is fairly high, I feel like. And New Jersey is, I think they're leading the league in this category, but rush yards per game is 177.5. So I feel like New Jersey is going to be running all over uh, Tampa on, on Saturday. So I've got the Generals winning pretty easily. Yeah, they still have, even with DeAndre Johnson hurt, uh, New Jersey still has three of the top seven rushers now. Marble has passed yep. DeAndre Johnson. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. But yeah, Todd Haley, uh, this is on par. I mean, he, he was coached for the Chiefs for a little bit, and that's when yep. we were like, we could make the playoffs, but we would always lose in the first round. Uh, so... Very, very similar <laughs> Jeff Fisher vibes. Yeah. Very similar. Uh, but let's move on to Saturday night. We got the New Orleans Breakers sitting at 4-2 and two, going up against Jeff Fisher's squad, the Michigan Panthers, who are sitting at 1-5. and five. New Orleans are 5.5-point favorites. Uh, I wouldn't say that they necessarily need to get wins, but you know the Bandits are sitting one game behind them, so every win is important. Four games left. I think the Breakers are the better team. I think five and a half points is pretty spot on. I think they're going to cover that fairly easily, but it could be a fun one. Michigan has shown a little bit of life at times. Um, it's another one of those teams that they can't they can't get everything going for them. So, who you got, man? Floaters still didn't look great this week. Uh, yeah. I want to go back. I think a lot of their efforts was their defense and uh, Ellis, who is now, since Thompson had a horrible game, uh, Ellis is now the highest rusher. Oh, no, it was uh, – a. Jones, a player who I guess has never played because it won't even let me click his name to see his season-long stats. Uh, <laughs> but Sloter, only 13 for 21, which 62%, still pretty good, but only 92 yards, no touchdowns, no picks either. Yeah. Sloter still seems to be kind of slowing down. Uh, that being said, the Panthers are not showing me that they can do anything either. They had like a couple weeks where they had a flash of like, maybe they can get some wins. But I don't think it's going to happen this week. I think uh, Sloter is going to get back on his feet, uh, get Poindexter more involved because uh, he was looking pretty good, the catches he was making. So I'm going to go with the Breakers as I always do as the resident Breakers fan. 
Yeah, I'm also going to go with New Orleans. I think they're, they're the better team. Um, I'm with you. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where Slaughter kind, kind of gets things back in the right direction. He has looked a little down over the last couple of weeks, which is a little bit shocking. Um, but if he can turn things around, this is a, this is a solid team. This is a team that can contend for a championship easily. Um, I feel like New Orleans is almost just kind of coasting in the background. Like they haven't been the flashy or like At least for the last couple weeks, they haven't necessarily been the fun team to watch. Like, they've yeah. been good, but they haven't been the one that's, like, must-see TV kind of, where, like, Jamar Smith has been, DeAndre Johnson and Luis Perez show up in New Jersey. Like, those type those type of teams. But New Orleans is not far behind them at all as far as talent and, and, uh, and the championship contending, um, you know, Championship contendingness, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, like they, they are definitely right there in the hunt, and I think they've kind of almost been forgotten about. Um, and maybe that's because they've been playing some bad teams, and and Slaughter necessarily hasn't looked great. But this is still a good team, and I think they're going to turn same, some things around against this Michigan team. So I've also got New Orleans. Yeah, it was a pretty easy one. For me personally, yeah. I mean, at this point, like honestly, these are all. There's not like Generals Bandits is the best game of the week in my opinion, uh, but they're all fairly easy to pick. I don't know. There's one other game that I'm looking forward to. But... If you if you don't surprise me with this pick, uh. <clears throat> I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be two games from now. The next game we have is on Sunday at 2 p.m. over on Fox. We have the Birmingham Stallions 6-0 taking on the Pittsburgh Maulers sitting at 1-5. This might be the biggest spread that I've seen all season. Birmingham are 12.5 point favorites. 12 and a half point favorites. Just think about how bad it must feel as a member of the Pittsburgh Maulers to look and see that Vegas has you losing by 12 and a half points because you're that awful. You're that bad. Clearly the worst team facing clearly the best team. A real David and Goliath type situation. Maybe. You know, David got the better end of that deal. David, David, you know, swung some stones and knocked out Goliath. And maybe, maybe we got a little upset brewing and we get some some magic happening uh, by the Maulers. Some Pittsburgh magic. I don't see it happening, but maybe stranger things have happened in, in, in football. Who you got, man? Um, This is it. This is Lions... Versus Arizona, I'm totally kidding. The Stallions are going to... 12 and a half points might not be enough. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. The, the Stallions are going to stampede the Maulers. <laughs> like, I, I I don't even know what else to say. Like, There's nothing to say about it. Like, there's... At least when it came to the Lions throughout the NFL season, like they showed time and time again that they were at least capable of getting to a winning standpoint. And they just, you know, managed to lose the game. Very similar to the Gamblers, you know, in the USFL, to where like you can see a win coming for that team. There ain't no win in sight for this team. I mean, they did somehow get it against the Gamblers, but the Gamblers have been so flaky. So I'm not really counting that win. This is still an 0-6 an team, in my opinion. Just awful. Awful. Uh, they're facing a 6 and, like this is. There's nothing to say here. There's nothing to say. Like, if you want something to look at, Birmingham's scoring 27 points per game. 27 points. That might be the best offensive uh, output in the, across the league. And the Pittsburgh Maulers are scoring 
They can't even get 13 points a game. That's how bad this team is. Yeah, they, they, can't, they can't get two touchdowns. They can't do it. <laughs> they can barely get a touchdown and two field goals. Yeah, this you is... You have to be when you're averaging 13 points a game. I'm shocked that they're going to be able to put this kind of violence on uh, network television, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. We've got to take us back to the Raw era. Gotta get, <laughs> get some latest smackdown out there on the field. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, let's move on to the Sunday night game before we just completely ruin everybody's day in Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> we have the good team from Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia Stars, sitting at 3-3, three and three, taking on the hapless Houston Gamblers that can't buy a win at this point. Like, I'm convinced that even if they were to, to huddle up the refs before the game and said, look, you each get a $1,000 bonus if you help us out a little bit, they'd still find a way to lose. Because that's what they do every single week. They find new ways to lose. Uh, Philly, four and a half point favorites to this game. Uh, completely fair. Philly is the better team, um, at least in the sense of the fact that they can close a game. So I ask you, good sir, who you got, man? Now, you say they can close a game. And they, they do have three wins. But... If there's one team that has felt as shaky as the Gamblers... That's fair. That is actually fair. I would say it's the Stars. You are spot on with that, yes. And <laughs> I, there needs to be an upset this week, and this is... It doesn't like, have to be. I, I think there does. I think there has to be an upset this week. I feel like there's been an upset almost every week. Last week was kind of even, I guess, but for them. But I'm going to pull a Devin. I'm going to be a gambling man. And I'm going to say that the gamblers find a win this week and that the stars find a way to mess it up. This is kind of like... This is... This is like the bowl game of my fandom right here. Like, the Houston Gamblers were my chosen team when we started off the season. And then <laughs> the Philadelphia Stars have somehow, you know, won over my heart. And so it's like, which which team is really my team? Uh, and I'm going with the Stars. I have the Stars winning this game. Uh, I just think they're better. I think that, you know, one of these days, there's four games left, and one of them I think Houston will win. I think Houston will get at least to two wins by season's end. At least I hope they do, because they deserve it. And if there was going to be a team to beat, that's not the Panthers or the Maulers, which I don't know if they play them again. I want to see if they do. Um... The stars or the the gamblers, gamblers the gamblers. They uh, will not because they're both north. Have they already played the Panthers and and yeah? Yes. Oh, oh. they have a <laughs> rough. Oh man! <laughs> so they have the Bandits in Week Eight, which which they could win that game. That's a winnable game. Then they have the Stallions and Breakers to finish it off. They might not win another game. I might be wrong. Um, but if they're going to, this is this is the game. I mean, this is the one. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I'm still going with the Stars. I just think the Stars are better. Walk you through the Stars closing out games, quote unquote here. Yeah. Uh, stars, week one, lose to the Breakers. Uh, week two... They beat the Maulers, but they let the Maulers score 23 points. Yeah. Shame on you. It's their rush defense. That's what it is. Shame on you. Uh, week four, or yeah. 
After that, they lose to the Generals. They beat the Panthers by one point, which they should not have because dude missed a 22-yard field goal. Hey, sometimes the ball bounces your way. <laughs> um, am I missing a game? And then they lost to the Stallions. And then they beat... All right, so so all right, that's, that's all I need to know. Let, let me just sum this up. They lost to the 6-0 Birmingham Stallions. They lost to the 5-1 New Jersey Generals. And they lost to the 4-2 New Orleans Breakers. That is that right? Yes. So they've beaten the other three bad teams. Listen. And they're going to make it 4-4 four for four against the Houston Gamblers. That doesn't make it not flaky. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> we, we have Philly as our fourth team for a reason. They're a middle-of-the-road team. Again, I think that this team can contend for a championship if they get everything clicking at the right time. But they haven't been able to do that. But they're better than the bad teams. So, Houston is a bad team. They're better than them. They're going to win. It's science. Done. <laughs> this isn't a science podcast. <laughs> it's it's like, uh, listen, to me, to me, what it what it's gonna come down to is Matt Coleman just rushed for 140 yards. He just rushed for 140 yards. Houston has given up 138.7 rush yards a game. So if he can have a repeat performance, they're gonna win this game. Easily. The one thing I'm worried about. The one thing I'm worried about is if Mark Thompson figures it, it figures it out again. If he can get whatever has been going on out of the way and get back to being Mark Thompson that we saw in the first three weeks of the season, it's over for, for Philly. Because Philly can't stop the run to save their life. They cannot stop any other running backs. They just can't do it. So if someone wants to, wants to game plan to beat this Philadelphia Stars team, that's the way to do it. It has to fall on his running backs. Clayton Thorson's not going to go out there and get it done for you. The, the Stars' secondary is decent. Um, I think they have one of the two best cornerbacks in the league in Channing, Stribling's, Channing Stribling out there for them. So I think that Houston's best bet is to get it done on the ground. And that relies on Mark Thompson figuring it out and having a good day, which is a possibility. We saw that for the first three weeks of the season. So that's my key to Houston winning this game. But if that doesn't happen, I think it's Philly. I, I still think Houston's just always one play, and if there's one team that's going to let Houston get one extra play. That is, that is fair. That is absolutely fair. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Because Houston still leads a bunch of these categories. Like, yep. Mark Thompson's only dropped down to second and rushing yards. Uh, Clayton Thorson, I think, still has. He now is solo first for the most amount of passing touchdowns. Yeah, double he digits. 10 on the season. Um, And then defensively, Donald Payne, 76 total tackles, still leading in that. Chris Odom with uh, eight sacks, eight sacks in six games. Yeah. And then Clayton Thorson also passed Kyle Sloter and has scored the most points. So, uh, for, like, a, for a one and five team. Yeah. They also have the highest turnover differential. Yeah. A lot of that falls on Clayton Thorson. No, they're five over. Okay, okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So they have taken five more turnovers right. than they have given up. Right, gotcha. Yeah, I so. mean, it, I. this could be a sneaky, spicy game of the week I, right here. I think this is game of the week. Like, yeah, right. it could be. It could be. You, 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 might, you might have that. Um. Yeah, this is it's now, a good. I think it's, this is going to be the best game. Bandits and Generals will be close. And I, yeah, man, twelve and a half points for the Stallions and Maulers. I just I had to go back and look at that. I, I still yeah. don't think it's high enough. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Well, you know, it's uh, looking like it's looking like it'll probably be a pretty pretty good weekend of football. So, uh I'm excited. I think we've got two at least two pretty good games and then two blowouts that should be fun to watch cuz Stallions and Breakers are fun teams. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean Breakers Panthers could be close because the Breakers haven't been on their best game the last few weeks, but yeah. I if it does blow out, it's going to be on in the Breakers favor. For sure, for sure. You could say they could break away with the score. Ooh. I say we get out of here before you stop start making bad puns. Uh, oh, it's too late for that. <laughs> Uh, well, we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in and listening uh, every single week. Thank you for joining us on the ride. If you're not following us on Twitch, come hop over onto our Twitch page at Booth Review Pod. Uh, follow us. Come watch us on Wednesdays as, as we record the podcast. Come hang out for whenever we stream outside of the podcast. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Hop into the Discord because Discord's where sports talk is going down on the daily. Uh, we talk about everything. Football, baseball, basketball, disc golf, everything. Um, come hang out. But we appreciate you listening and supporting us in any way that you have. So thank you very much. And I think, as always, that's that. It's out.